Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. For fans, by fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, we'll continue with our Orioles talk, because that's what this is, an Orioles podcast. We'll also preview the upcoming series between two juggernauts, the Chicago White Sox and the Baltimore Orioles, and we'll hopefully explain why 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 Bert's not here. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka, and as always, I'm joined by the, by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Yeah, no, no Bert tonight. Little, I almost said the zany one. No. Uh, Bert's been active on Facebook Messenger tonight, but yeah. uh, not able to get on the show tonight because of the lockdown up in Baltimore. Yeah, it's insane. So... Um, Bert's wife, our sister, some family connection there because he's our brother-in-law. You guys picked up on that already? I think people know that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, our sister, his wife works at a, 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 an elementary school that has gone into lockdown um, as well as her, her kids there too, right? Um, and right, his kids, right. Bert's kids there. So um, he is hopefully wait. I mean, that's crazy. We're recording this at 830. School ends at 3 o'clock. And they're still in lockdown five and a half hours later. This kids can't leave. So, That's pretty crazy. So I was watching the news and on the news, they were saying how the county is, is feeding the kids. So you don't have to worry about that. Do you, do you know what they're yeah. feeding the kids? Well, I got a text from, I got a direct text from someone secondhand. Is that what you got too? Yeah. From someone close to the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. They're, that, that they're feeding the kids yogurt and string cheese. Yeah. That's what I heard too. Yogurt and string cheese. Yeah. Could you, what if you're lactose intolerant? I don't know. I mean, the whole, I mean, who cares? I mean, suck it up. You won't eat for a night. Though I, 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 and I understand there's people with like medical situations like diabetes or whatever yeah. that, that you need to eat. Fine. Feed those kids. The rest of the kids, like, toughen up. This is lockdown, people. People have to make sacrifices. And a lot of people, and it's true, but, they're freaking out about the kids. It's the teachers. The teachers who that, you got to feel bad for. From a teacher perspective, I can't imagine my fifth period locked in the room with them. For five extra hours, I would lose. I would literally lose my mind. I would literally lose my mind. I would say, "You guys are on your own," and I would run out. I would. Right. I would say, "You guys are on your own." Lock the door and then run out. Right? Is, is, it, I, is it wrong? I want to be stuck. Is it wrong that I'd think, "Okay, lockdown, uh, night out. Let's go out to dinner. We'll pick the kids up later." Yeah, 
Yeah, the, the kids will be fine. It's those teachers. Right, oh, my right. goodness. The school's nice and safe with the How? lockdown. But, yeah, the teachers that you got to feel for, like, it's almost like you need to just call a holiday tomorrow to give the teachers their day off after today. Yeah, that's – yeah, and the teachers don't get paid by the hour, boys and girls. All right. Uh, but but we do hope because there's I guess there's four guys running around who killed a police officer and we do hope that they find these people as soon as possible. Yeah, it's it's not a funny matter at all. It's just no. This is and and Bert has I know I'm right because because Bert is over there in Parkville and he's got all kind of police action and helicopter action, so right. he's keeping us up to date. It's he, kind of exciting. He'll. I'm, I'm, be surprised if he doesn't try to take over the chat room at some point. He's been sending us videos whenever the police uh, cars go down his driveway. So yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's it's. it's. So hopefully we we hope everyone's uh, okay and they get those kids out as as soon as possible. Because uh, I'm sure and and, and um, we're we're, we're kind of you know feeling for the teacher, but for par- the parents too, I'm sure are 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 freaking are, out. Have, are having trouble keeping together. I remember uh, yeah. not too long ago, we, we, we had an evacuation drill um, at our school. And like, you know, with kids and their texting, within five minutes, parents were showing up at the school and then at the evacuation location. So we had to, it was just a mess because, you know, parents want to want to protect their kids, right, understandably. Right. Uh, we're, we're, we're being told that kids are dismissing now, according to our chat room. Okay. So, That's good. So That's good. Hopefully yeah. they find those guys. Right. All right. Um. So, so that's that. We want to get into some moral stock now? I don't know which, I was hoping, which which is worse news. I was hoping for Bert to do a little bit of zaniness here on the on the show to lighten the mood about the Orioles. Because man, just when you think they can't get any worse, they seem to manage to get worse. No, and 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 today they right. Chris Davis went eight for or whatever is it one for twelve with eight strikeouts in Boston in only th- in yeah. three games. So they benched him the fourth game. I mean, yeah. This team's ugly. They're no fun to yeah. talk about. Yeah, we're not going to get into Chris Davis because we did that a week ago. We, yeah. we had a good 30-minute conversation about Chris Davis. Then all of a sudden, everyone else started talking about Chris Davis. I'm not saying there's a direct correlation there, but it seems like if I bring up a topic, then everybody else talks about the next week, which is fine by me if that's how you guys want to do it. Uh, but, Josh, I see you've already kind of moved on for the Orioles. You're wearing your Bowie Bay Sox hat. Are you, like, <laughs> now just moving on to being you know, a minor league fan and giving up on the major league team? You know, I looked at my pile of hats today. And I said, ah, it's a little too early to do Ravens. Though, uh, Film Study with Ken Cusick this week has a great episode where we sat down with Dominique Foxworth to talk about Lamar Jackson and what Lamar Jackson could mean not only to the Ravens, but to the NFL. And uh, Dominique believes Lamar could be a good backup for Joe Flacco and could run the Joe Flacco style of football. So it was a uh, great conversation. But I yeah, thought it was... Too early when you to talk about football. Dominic Foxworth, he's like the, the best guest you could have. I mean, a Maryland guy, a guy who also played in the NFL for a bunch of years, played with the Ravens, then also was on the players' union side of things for, for a long time leading that. So, I mean, he is like right. the ultimate guest. Right, Dominic he's Foxworth. super smart and the nicest guy. I think we, we've shared what he's done for us, right? Yeah, he's been kind to us. He's yeah. been kind to us. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he sent us to the Super Bowl. I don't know if we've ever said it on the podcast. I, I think when we went, I think we, we have. We, I think someone let it slip. So right. So yes, Dominic Foxworth gave us his NFL. He was the president at the time, the NFLPA yeah. president seats for the Ravens Super Bowl game. So we will always be grateful for that guy. 
So that's why we got to see Destiny's Child shake her booty uh, sitting right by the 50-yard line right yeah. in front of us. Yeah, it's also yeah. why we got to have a little panic with the uh, no power and then the stress of the game almost falling apart. But then we saw a Super Bowl win by the yes, ball exactly. Yeah. So that was a good ending. Yeah, no, it's something we'll always remember. But yeah, I looked at my – I've got all those hats that normally hang behind you when you're in studio, Matt. And, uh, you yeah. know, it's 99%, 90% Oriole hats, and I have a couple of Raven hats, and it was too early for those. I thought of going with – first I put on the, the CFL Colts hat. Um, then I thought about uh, trolling the intern and putting on the Make America Great headgun hat and decided, no. You really I, put I'll a lot go. of thought into this hat game, don't you? Well, I, I, I just was looking. It didn't take that much. I'm just trying to make podcast time. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it more entertaining because the Orioles are not entertaining. I just went and saw, and I said, "Hey, I've never worn this Bay Sox hat because of the flat yeah. brim. I'm not down." Yeah, you got the, the George Cheryl flat brim working. I love yeah. it. And I so I saw it, and I said, "I'd never wear that because that's for millennials." But it's got Manny Machado, and who knows yeah. how much longer he is going to be an Oriole. Yeah. So you see uh, all the talk now that he's in Chicago this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So he he Are landed we... in Chicago, and of course, there's been a lot of talk this past week. I don't know why. I don't understand how these things pick up and why they pick up. The, but the, I mean, there's talk right. in the off season about the Cubs, and then now all of a sudden, why wow. why the week before, last week was there all, all of a sudden this resurgence of Cubs Orioles talk? I don't know the timing I, exactly why. I don't but know. then he flies into Chicago not to play the Cubs, but to play the White Sox. But of course, everyone asks them about the. Uh, the Cubs. And I didn't realize that Alomar Jr. connection. Did you know about that that Alomar Jr. connection? Yeah, about them being boys as kids and playing together. Yeah, I guess they're cousins and they were close friends growing up. And they used to joke when they were kids about playing in the World Series together. And now Sandy Alomar Jr., of course, has his World Series ring. Um, and he mentioned, uh, uh, and of course, you know, Manny was asked about this. And Manny said how cool it would be to plan a team with Alomar Jr. and win a World Series together with him, just right. like they talked about when they were kids. So, of course, this got everyone talking about, again, Manny Machado to the Cubs. Yeah, and great. I mean, Manny Machado's got to go somewhere. If you want to send him to the Cubs, that's great. Get him out of the American League, I'm, I'm sure. I don't yeah. I said I, I said care. Danny Alomar, like the old catcher for Cleveland. His name's Albert Al- Alomar, though. Uh, Albert Al- Alomar Jr., not Sandy Alomar. I, I misset his name. Um, but I thought this was they asked, this is the quintessential Manny Machado quote. This is great. They used to ask him about you know about all the attention around the the trade rumors, right? Right. And right. his com- his comma was this: um, uh, When your name is being talked about, it's always great. That's what Manny said. Manny Machado said, "When your name is being talked about, it's always great." Which I think sums up Manny Machado. Like he likes, I think he likes the attention. About trade rumors and distractions, nah. Like Manny, if anything, all these trade rumors and all that's talking about Manny Machado is that is if anything, it's helping him become a better baseball player because he loves it so much and he knows everyone's watching, so he's upping his right. game. I would love it if Chris Davis gave the same answer when I asked him, "What's with all this? People are writing you out and saying you shouldn't be in major leagues anymore." And I'd like Chris Davis to give the same answer. Whenever they're talking about you, it's a good thing. Yeah, 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 right, right, because it's not always, and no. there's been a lot of reasons to talk about Manny, and it hasn't been good things. Right, right, let's pull no, up some of that. those those slacker articles from last year. Yeah, whenever you talk about Manny, it's a good thing, it's just, it's not true. Right. Uh, but yeah, but that's been something to talk about, uh, 
And this is kind of, I guess this is driving Orioles talk now. It's all it's got to be centered around. Thank goodness for Chris Davis and Manny Machado, because we can talk about Chris Davis and his strikeouts and his playing time and whether or not he's playing. And right. we can talk about Manny Machado being traded. This is great. Right. So Dan Duquette said Memorial Day to make the decision, to make a decision. I think we, we, there, we've all made the decision. This team's not doing anything. It's time to see what we can get for these guys. But Memorial Day's coming up. It's Monday. So hopefully that means it's time to start uh, mixing things up. And what does that actually entail, mixing things up? I, I saw uh, I was – everyone was surprised. I wasn't surprised at all because uh, I just wasn't. But everyone was surprised. And really I was surprised to say people were disappointed. And I didn't really understand the disappointment in Caleb Joseph being sent down uh, and Andrew Suzak being caught up. This caught everyone off guard, and 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 which is fine. Yeah. Like, I, 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 okay, I was a little surprised by it. But disapp- people were upset and disappointed. Like, what are the Orioles doing here? Which I, I didn't really understand the disappointment. No, uh, it, Josh, were you surprised with, with, with Caleb Joseph getting sent down? And, and, and what are your thoughts on that? I was surprised because he's a buck guy. We've seen him struggle and still stay up here. But, hey, didn't he go a whole year without an RBI or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a little longer without a ball. But that's okay. Um, mm, too soon. I don't think it's too soon. I think it's been a couple of years. But, yeah, the, the, the truth is this team has a bunch of catchers, and we need to see if these guys can, are going to be able to handle this stuff next year. And it's time, and I think we're going to see a lot of this type of stuff next week or two where whenever guys in the minors are starting to do really good, you bring them up here, you give them a little bit of major league experience because we're not going to go through a whole rebuild process. We've got the pitching staff. We want to see what else we can plug with the minors. So then when we're making these moves and, and, and trades, that we can prepare and have a good team on the field next year. We don't want multiple losing seasons. This is going to be two in a row. We really don't want a third. Wow. I asked you about Caleb Joseph. You went into a whole a whole thing there. Because it's not about Caleb Joseph going down. That He sucks. He goes down fine. It's about Susak coming up, and that's preparing for the future. Uh, Suzak is no rookie here. He's, he's a veteran. He's been around for know, a while. But it's seeing if he can, if he if he's gonna be helpful. Do you, what do nah, you, you think it's I, about I, this season bringing Suzak? I have a up? different take. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, what's your I, take? I think, this, I think it has nothing to do with Andrew Suzak. Nothing to do with him. I think this is. Uh, hey, Caleb Joseph, you're batting 182, 182, and like we've talked on here a bunch of a bunch of times. It's it's the players. It's about the players, and our offense sucks. And K- K- Caleb Joseph is not the only offensive player who sucks, but he's one of them. He's one of the offensive players who sucks. And I don't care what he does behind the plate, right? Because uh, he's good behind the plate. Uh, but bat 250, okay? And you're okay. Batting 180? No, it's not getting it done. And so you send him to, to the minors where he can play every day, and he's batting fourth uh, and playing every day for, for, for Norfolk. And right. Andrew Suzak is just the next man up, but he's not, he's, he's not nobody. I think something that's surprising is it would make sense and i think people saw that perhaps this is a chance for Ch- chance cisco to be the everyday catcher i remember in the off season when chance cisco they announced he would make the team right at the right. end of the season and they kept on referring to him as the backup catcher right i said guys guys what is, this is silly he's not the back he's a better offensive catcher than caleb joseph how he's not gonna be the backup catcher but for a week and everyone else said no no he's the backup caleb joseph is your everyday catcher i said They'll be platooning. Just wait for it. And and sure enough, what we saw, we, now we see a straight right. platoon. Right. But I was, platoon. 
I was surprised. So the reason Andrew Suzak has been starting all these games is because with the Red Sox, they all got a bunch of lefties. And now tonight, uh, Santiago for the White Sox happens to be a lefty. So with all these lefties, uh, Bucks Joe Walters playing the righty lefty matchup. But I, I, I'm a little surprised because I thought this might be a because if you're if you're right, Josh, if you're seeing if you're playing for next year in the future, it wouldn't be well, let's, let's see if Chancisco can hit against right and left, right? Because he's going right. to be your everyday catch in the future. So I, honestly, to me, it would make more sense to to put Cisco in there five times a week, five, six times a week to find out if he can do this thing every day and hit against lefties and righties. That's the move for the future for me. Yeah, uh, but the Andrews, the Andrews Suzak, I, I like it. I, I, I like that he's like perform, play well, or get sent down. And people thought Caleb Joseph couldn't be touched because he was in the majors for a couple years now. No, like perform or get sent down. Now if they could just do that same thing with Chris Davis. Right, I was going to say, Chris Davis is untouchable though, right? Yeah, for that contract. And yeah. he doesn't have any options and all that stuff. But, uh, but, but you talked about kind of looking towards the future. And, and one of the things that's frustrating though is, I mean, it's interesting, right? There's a lot of things wrong with this team. I was looking right. at today. If you look at like uh, war, uh, war by position, we only have uh, we only have one position shortstop that has a war above zero, <laughs> like a war right. in the positive. Right. Shortstop is the only position, so it's like our team is bad on so many levels. Like I was looking at it, the bullpen is bad. Our defense is really bad. I don't know when this happened, but we got a really bad defense. They look at the nerds use this thing called zone writing, zone rating. Yeah. We are dead last in the majors in zone rating. And apparently that's bad. I don't know what that means. But right. apparently that's, that's, what the, that's why the nerds have been uh, calling out Adam Jones for years for, for his range shortening. Yeah. I mean, and we know what a disaster uh, third base has been this year. Right. Um, and then in the outfield, um, we're not, we're not lighting up the outfield. We know the revolving door that has been right field and Trey Mancini is not a great left fielder. So, I mean, our defense is terrible. I mean, it's amazing, right? You look at it, you kind of step back and look at it. You mentioned this just a minute ago, Josh, if you look at next year, the thing you have mo- the most confidence in is our starting pitching, which right. is crazy. Right. Cause next year with the, with Brad Brock leaving and Zach Britton, if they both leave, you're worried about your bullpen. Our defense sucks. Our offense, I think the offense is the worst part of this team, honestly. It is. That's, it the, is. that's the worst part is, is, is our offense. And so all those issues and, and the starting pitching, I think, is, is what we should be the most optimistic about, which is crazy. Yeah, and I, well, I mean, we're not – we're trying to be real about this. We predicted, just like everyone else, that this team was going to be good this year. Yeah. So we were surprised. And now I find myself – I look at this team and I was at – I went out last night and ran into some friends and – they said, what's, what's wrong with this team? Isn't it the same guys as last year? And I said, yeah, it's basically, it is the same guys as last year. But we also got to remember that last year the Orioles sucked. Last year the Orioles had the worst record they had in a long time. And we thought it was just a bunch of bad luck. But We thought a bad September. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we thought just things went wrong in September. Well, now we're seeing that, no, it's bigger than that. This team is not good. And, yeah, and we've yeah. got a bunch of guys who at one point, at one time, were good, who are not playing, not good anymore. Well, and I know, and that's the weird thing, because it's not like we're an old team. We don't have a bunch of old veterans in their upper 30s who are just getting too old to play. Chris Davis isn't old. Adam Jones isn't that old, right? Like, all these other players, Jonathan right. Scope, not old. Um, so, like, our players aren't really old, but 
man, they're, they're just not playing well. And it's, I mean, it's like you said, it's every aspect of the game. If you go through the line, let's just use tonight's lineup as an example. Mancini's young. He's doing. He's been doing fine this season. Okay, yeah. So I'll give, I wouldn't say great. I would say right, average. He started out yeah. hot. He's now down to a two fifty six. Yeah, that's not. So great. that's not great. That's nah. not great. He's he's struggling, but that's a young Mediocre. guy who who's not doing as good as he should have been. A little bit of a sophomore slumper. Underperforming. Yeah. Right. Adam Jones, he has worked his average up to two sixty seven, which is better. But he was bad for so long that again he's still under that three hundred mark. And struggling. Manny Machado will skip past because he's having an amazing year. He's yeah, hey, hey, can I ask you a quick question about Manny Machado before you go on? Yeah. Uh, Manny Machado, if you, this is a really stupid opinion. I, this is, I'm going to say something really dumb. Just let me get it out there. If you could have, and I know what your answer will be, mine's going to be a different answer because I'm an idiot. But if you knew Manny Machado was going to win the MVP, like if you could, if I could guarantee you, Manny Machado is going to win the American League MVP this year. Would that change your opinion on whether or not to trade Manny Machado? I don't think that he – you. Uh, I think of Mike Trout, and I think of all the times Mike Trout should have won the MVP but didn't because he was on such a bad team. But I'm telling you he's going to win. You're telling me he's going to win. Yeah, it's um, done. I looked uh, into my crystal ball, and he won. It's done. Am I looking at it as a fan or as ownership? As, we're fans here. We we don't have any ownership in the team. This isn't the Packers. No, I. You know what? No, I don't want him. I don't want him because you're tempting me. You're tempting me with an MVP, but then you're making me deal with the fact that our our MVP is then leaving. Mm. So so I'm going with no. I'm I'm uh, unless you come out and tell me that you're going to re-sign Manny Machado, then trade him. I'm sorry to say it. All right, fine. I mean, even though we haven't had. What, an MVP since Cal Ripken? I know, but do you want an MVP who then is gone the next year? I really want to have an MVP. I do. I do. I really want an MVP. And, that one, and I know no one would agree with me. And no. I know this is idiotic to say as I say it, but I would love to watch an MVP season from start to finish and have me on my team and have that in the record books that the Orioles have an MVP. I know. Because uh, you don't – I mean, it was, what, 1991 last time we saw that. So, yeah, I, I, I would. And I, and I know it's stupid – but as a fan, I would it's, want to see an MVP season. It's it's not stupid. It's tempting. I just think of – then every time I would see that Manny Machado MVP 2018, I would remember how much of a disappointment this season is. So that's that's part of it too for me is is the season's such a disappointment. I don't want the memory of, of it constantly by the Manny Machado MVP his final year as an Oreo. Okay. All right, fine. Go Go ahead with your lineup. Uh, next is Jonathan Scope, who is currently batting 223. Big uh, disappointment this season. He also had injuries that hurt, but I'm not. We're not going to use injuries as an excuse. This team just sucks. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, and it's disappointing that he got hurt too. That's part of it. Yeah, yeah. no, and I, there's been a whole string of injuries. Like third base, Danny Valencia was not supposed to be playing on this team, and he is our third baseman tonight. Uh, Trumbo yeah. is finally up with this team. He's been hitting 270, so he's doing okay, but he's missed a ton. Uh, and then Chris Davis, they finally pushed him back into the seventh hole, and he is batting 164. At what point do you have to just kill him? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's a bunch of legal issues with killing him, so I don't, I'm not sure if they're going to do that. But as as far as, I mean, at this point, the good thing about the Chris Davis situation, if you're Chris Davis, the good thing is, this team sucks with or without you. 
Like this would be a more right. interesting and hot topic if the Orioles were actually good. Because yeah. then you could like say this guy is killing us. We're actually trying to compete this year. What do we do? Right. Now we suck. So it's like whatever. March him out there every day, and maybe he'll re- re- regain his form. And if not, fine. He's just gonna help us get a, a top five draft pick this 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 year. So yeah. <laughs> whatever. Uh, I mean, I don't think it matters because he sucks so much. So it's not even. He's still here for five more years or whatever on the contract. So I, I think he starts every day. Uh, and it's not. I mean, I, if I was the coach, I would platoon him. I would not bat him against lefties ever, and I would only play him against righties that he has success in the past with. Um, but but Buck's gonna put him out there every day, and I guess fine if that helps you get a top draft pick, go for it. I I keep waiting for the injury, for the pothole for Chris Davis to walk into. Um, yeah, the Chris Tillman. Uh, the Chris let's Tillman, see what you do in rehab. Exactly. Um, that or put him, book him in a different hotel and get the hotel put on lockdown on game days. Oh, the old lockdown. Yeah. What would happen if uh, Kyle Ripken was stuck in lockdown uh, and, and it cost him his streak? Or, I don't know, but you can find out about a similar story on Josh's new pod. Or you want Josh, me, want me to promote my new podcast? That's it. That's, yeah. that's where it was. Got. Just a good segue, so I jumped on it. Discussion. All right. Yeah, I uh, I started a new podcast this week with my wife. It's called Ghost Runners. It just got uh, approved for iTunes today. So go on over to iTunes, search Ghost Runners, subscribe, give it a review, and check out the first episode. It's only twenty one minutes. And over on Ghost Runners, what we're going to do is Mandy is. You're as average as baseball fan gets, basically non-baseball fan, just pretends to be a baseball fan for us. Um, so there's lots of baseball stories that she doesn't know about and lots of things that we all as fans just talk about and take for granted and uh, whatever. A lot Orioles ones and a lot by other teams. Every, every team's got their own stories. So my goal with this podcast is I am telling these stories and I'm telling them to my wife. She is hearing them for the first time, and we're getting her reactions, as well as sharing it with other people. And maybe it's some stories you don't know. Maybe it's some stories that are just fun to remember. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I linked that together because your first story is about Kyle Ripken, the Kevin Costner myth. Yes. And, and I think I'll say two things about the podcast. Number one is, it. Comp- I mean, this is what makes baseball great, is the stories surrounding baseball. I mean, that's, why, really, that's really why we love baseball. It is. It's not just the slow pace of game, which takes forever between pitches and the commercials. Why do they have to make the commercials so long? I'll never understand between the half innings. Uh, but we really love these kind of stories that happen. And this isn't, and, you don't find these stories in the NFL or the NBA or NHL. Yeah. It's, baseball it's why, is unique with their stories. It's why when you go to a bookstore or to, I, uh, I don't know, where's a movie? What do you call a movie store now? Netflix. When you go to Netflix, there's there's movies about baseball more than any other sport. There's books about baseball more than any other sports because it lends itself balance. it lends itself to storytelling. Yeah, and I think Mandy has a good podcast voice. I appreciate it. That's, that's voice. what you said. She'll she'll like she'll like to hear yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think she has a good voice. Like that. Yeah. Like there's some podcasts. Like you ever listened to that podcast, Lore? You know, what I'm Lore, talking about Lore. I, I, I've heard about it because it's super popular. It's They've like made a, a show on Amazon even now. With yeah. it. But I listen to Lore when I go to sleep at night just because I like the guy's voice. I don't even really know what the podcast is about, really. Right. I just he, like the guy's he voice. You it's to a sleep. soothing voice. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I like I'm not the- saying I'm going to fall asleep with your wife's voice in my ears every night. Like, it's that soothing. But that's what I do with Lore. All right. Good. That's fine. I, I fall asleep to my wife's voice every night. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
But that's yeah. why you gotta use headphones. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, I like to think of Ghost Runners as a uh, liar city for baseball fans. And yeah, the first yeah. episode was on Cal Ripken and Kevin Costner, something that all of our listeners know about because it's part of the Baltimore baseball uh, history. Uh, but it's not something that a lot of people outside of Baltimore know about. So it's a chance to share the Orioles stories as well as in future episodes uh, bring in some of those stories from other teams that Oriole fans might not be as, as uh, knowledgeable about. Or for the kiddos. I, I, I got some high schoolers who I know yeah. listen to the podcast. Like the high schoolers, you should check out the Cal Ripken, Kevin Costner story. That's If you're going to be a Baltimore Orioles fan, that's a reference you're going to need to pick up on when it comes up in bars not not that high school is going to be at bars, but just when it comes up in conversation, you're going to need to you're going to need to be familiar with that, yeah. uh, with that reference. Right. All so, right. Yeah. You're, are you, are you still in the lineup? Okay. Can you yeah. are you going to take the rest of the episode plugging your other podcast? No, I was can gonna, you just get on no, the rest was, of the lineup? No. Thank you for the thank you for the plug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all I was going. And the rest of the lineup is crap. It's Rickard and Susak, guys who shouldn't even be on this team. Yeah. Well, Rickard, so, in fairness to Rickard, he did something that not a lot of people do. He, he played his way on. He hit home yeah, runs. Yeah, he, he was sent to the minors, and he crushed in the minors, batting like 350 um, for a long time down there at uh, um, Norfolk. At, at Norfolk. I was just looking up, I was, you know, because I was looking up his stats. Had an on base of 424 at Norfolk. On base of 424. So he earned his way back to the team. So that's what you want to see. I was, because you mentioned about like, we're, we want to get younger, and I wonder if Memorial Day brings about some of this. Because I know we talked about trades, but could Memorial Day bring about some of these young players actually getting up here? And I was looking at Norfolk and Bowie's kind of how people are doing and playing. And you have a look at uh, at Nor- Norfolk. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing out here the way players are playing. I know we signed like Jacob Brungham, who was uh, an outside chance to make the team. And he's sitting here with an on, uh, with a batting average of 248 on base of 277. Then you got other guys that we brought in, like Michael Saunders, who we signed as a lefty bat. He's batting 161. We 161. We call that Chris Davis numbers by uh, Michael Saunders, and that's in that's in Triple A. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. Um, Alex Presley's been a little bit better as of late. He's hitting 275. DJ Stewart, he's hitting 272. When you talk about guys who might get caught up, he's at the top of my list, DJ, DJ Stewart. Yeah, and, I, and, uh, and my eyes on Cedric Mullins down there in Bowie also. And he's, uh, he's, he's well, hitting 282. Norfolk, he's, in, yeah. he's in Bowie, yeah, hitting 282. So that's another guy to keep your eye on. Yeah, I tell you who's been really disappointing, though. And I know some people thought he should make the team, and that's Austin Hayes. Yeah, Austin Hayes, he's down there. And, he, he, you know, he got off. He had an injury in spring training, so maybe that held him back a little bit. Um, but but he he's he's out there batting. He's played every game this year for for Billy and batting two twenty three. Like if you're a minor leaguer, if you're if you're a highly touted prospect, I just saw the Nationals caught up. I don't know. I'm going to get his name the, wrong. Juan nine, Soto or something. Yeah, the nineteen year old. Nineteen years old, and then before that, the Braves caught up their nineteen year old. You and I'm not saying that Austin Hayes is is you know the number one prospect in the country, but you have these other players dominating the minors. And like demanding to be called up because they're just dominating the minors. And then you see our most our most highly touted hitting prospect, Austin Hayes, bat two twenty two or two twenty three. I'm sorry, I'll give him that point. And you're like, what are you doing, Austin Hayes? This is Bowie. This is Double A. You're our top hitting prospect. 
like do something. No one in the majors is hitting, but you can't call up Austin Hayes. You can't call up Austin Hayes right now, betting two twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Did did you see what uh, Juan Soto did today for the Nationals? No, what did Juan Soto do? He hit a home run. Oh, did he? His first. He didn't home run his first big league at bat. But his uh, first game he was a he was a pinch hitter on Sunday. But today was his first game. Oh, his first and start, first pitch, first start. Uh-oh. He hit a home run. He's the youngest player in baseball in the past six years to hit a hit a home run. Oh wow! So, uh, so must be cool to be a, a different team's fans. Yeah, can we trade him for Manny Machado? I would love that deal. Straight up, even, let's go. I don't even know what position he plays, but to get a 19 year old who's major league ready. We had yeah. that once. His name was Manny Machado. Yeah. That's what we're going to start seeing. I saw like Walker, Walker, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking his name now for the Dodgers. Uh, Walker Bueller or something. Yeah, Bueller. Be- Bueller, that's it. Um, I saw, because he was in trade talks last year connected with the Orioles. Right. Uh, young pitcher in the minors. I saw he came up for the Dodgers and was part of a no hitter. He threw seven innings. And then he got relieved, but he was part of a combined no-hitter. And I was like, well, we're not going to get this guy because the Dodgers are using him and need him. Right. And now we're not going to get this other prospect because actually, like, I want one of these prospects. Uh, so we'll see if Manny can bring us back something. Um, but I, an interesting guy to watch, and I wonder what they're going to do with him if he continues to hit this well. But Ryan Mountcastle is the one prospect actually playing really well. Yeah, that, he's he, in Bowie, right? He's in Bowie. He's batting 341. That's what a prospect should do. Dominate. I know. And Adam Pohl, the broadcaster for the Bay Sox, right. good friends of the show, he, he always talks about how the age gap and how, how the age is important. Ryan Mountcastle, who I think now is tw- I he's 21. Say he's 20, 21. 21. Yes. And the average age at Bowie is like 24, 25. Right. So it's a big deal that he's doing this, and he's younger than Cedric Mullins, and he's younger than DJ Stewart. And he's younger than a lot of these other guys, and he's dominating Bowie. So hopefully, that's going to be a name to watch. And how quick the Orioles want to call him up well, um, might be interesting. If he, yeah, if he continues this, he's coming up this season. Um, but the question is, as a guy who plays third base and shortstop, does he come up as soon as they trade Manny Machado? Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. He doesn't play shortstop, and his he third base. No, I thought he's an infielder. He's I mean, he plays third base and shortstop. But, I'm pretty sure he's a, he plays shortstop. No. Because everyone questions his arm strength and his ability to play third base. There's been talk about moving him to left field or moving him to first base because of his arm strength. And so I think his deal is, though, like Manny, defense, of course, from the moment he arrived in Baltimore was spectacular. Ryan Matkowski's defense, and I, I haven't gotten any updates. We, we got to talk to Adam Pohl. We'll get Adam on the poll, Adam Pohl on the podcast in, in the coming month. But – because we need to talk about him about Ryan Mountcastle's defense and how's that how that's progressing. Because that's the biggest thing to Ryan Mountcastle. Because the guy can flat out hit; he's showing it here. But can Ryan Mountcastle play defense? Is the question. And I don't know how much he's been approved. He's approved uh, recently, but uh, right. he is a, a subpar middle and uh, third baseman. At least he was last year, from everything I heard and read. Last year he played eighty-two games for the Keys at shortstop. And then in the fall league, they moved him to third base. And this season, he's a third baseman. Okay. So I, 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 I knew I had, I knew I've seen him at shortstop. All right. Well, everyone questions his ability to even play third uh, because of his arm strength. So certainly not. I, I mean, I just in the majors he won't play short. I don't even know if he'll stick as a third baseman in the majors. People say he projects more to the first baseman or left fielder. Oh, because uh, that's what, that's a, that's what we need is another first baseman. 
Uh, yeah, and and those first basemen who don't work out, we just throw them in left field. Right, exactly. Move over, Trey Mancini. Right. Yeah. Um, we actually do need the first baseman because our first baseman sucks, but whatever. Yeah, but we've got the first baseman. He's in, he, the problem is he's in left field. Yeah. And we've got um, another first baseman. He's at the DH position. Here's another topic I want to get to before we run out of show. Right. I know we're jumping all over the place a little bit here. Yeah, you need, you a, get, you what, need a transition. What 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 are your thoughts on Mike Wright? Oh, I, I forgot his new name. Uh, David Junior. Hess. David, no, okay. no. David Hess. David Hess. <laughs> uh, did, uh, David Hess pitched it uh, on Sunday against Boston. Pitched really well for four innings. Yeah, uh, and then gave up a couple bombs to JD Martinez. Uh, uh, ended up giving up five runs and not a very great line. It's interesting. I saw that. I think he's given up eight runs in the majors. Uh, all of them to, were home run balls. So all the runs he's given up have been on home runs, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but what are your impressions after two starts of David Hess, Josh? He is a stopgap until Hunter Harvey's ready in a few more weeks. I think David Hess. Oh, Hunter Harvey's not coming anytime soon. Get out of here. Hunter Harvey's up by the end of June. Hunter Harvey is not up until maybe September. And it's June thirtieth. Oh, you're night, insane. When's night at the yard? I think it's June. Yeah, June thirtieth. Hunter Harvey will be up by night at the yard. No chance. You're crazy. Um, which reminds you, get your night at the yard tickets. We always forget to promote it. Night at the yard tickets are available now. Come join us. Uh, and get a Hawaiian shirt. And we're gonna bring brown paper bags. What? Yeah, because we'll, you play like this, right. we'll have our brown paper bags. Yeah, we'll provide. The brown if Hunter paper Harvey's bags. pitching, I'm not wearing a pair of brown paper bag. All right, fine. If Hunter Harvey pitches that night, we'll we'll have a. Uh, I know we had a uh, what do what do what was, what do you have? You had a party for uh, Weeders. You had weeders a, for Weeders. You had a Weeders for Weeders. What will be your party for Hunter Harvey? Oh, I love having parties when we bring up these new prospects that they're going to save right. the franchise. We got, are we going to all wear a camo? Hoagies for Harvey? I don't know. I got to work on this. All right, all right, work on that. We'll all grow must. We'll all grow ugly mustaches. Right. We'll we'll all get Tommy John. Yeah, we'll all get Tommy John and throw grow ugly mustaches. So we'll look and wear camo. So we'll be like Hunter Harvey. Yeah. I don't know. We'll work on something. Right. We'll on something. What was? What, I lost your question. No, but, I asked uh, you about David Hess. David Hess. You yeah. think he's nothing more than a stopgap? I mean, I see, think, he has good stuff. Has four good pitches. Well, I think two, he's. Two I think he's a stopgap that ends up in the bullpen. And I think he's a bullpen arm for us next year. Oh, so my Mike Wright joke. You think that's pretty accurate, huh? I think Mike Wright. I don't think Mike. they want Mike Wright in the bullpen. I think David has. I think David has is better than Mike Wright. But I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen enough yet to trust David Hess as a guy in this rotation. And the way this rotation is built, they don't need him next year. Like we said, the strength next year going in is somehow the rotation, and that doesn't leave room for a guy like David Hess. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he certainly has a chance to pitch his way on the team next year if he continues to pitch well. I, I mean, I'm not. Hunter Harvey pitched the other night, and he had the other day. He had a rough outing, gave up three runs in four innings. So I'm not, I'm not at all on the Hunter Harvey bandwagon. I mean, he's got it. He has. He hasn't even pitched, pitched a full season above, uh, above like low A. Low a so, I yeah. mean, that, that guy has to prove it. And so Hunter Harvey, I think, is forget about his inning limits and forget about his arm health. I mean, he's got to prove that he can actually pitch and be successful. Right. And the truth is, he probably comes up the end of June and goes in the bullpen, not starting games. 
I see it, but and you're right. That'd be the that'd be the scenario if we were like maybe in competition. But I don't see no any reason to take him off his regular starts every fifth day, getting his work getting in healthy. Maybe so next year. Maybe this um, team sucks so bad. You just it doesn't matter. It's not going to give him but, any experience. But I saw, I saw, I thought it was interesting in the in the fifth inning is when he had trouble. Um, speaking of David Hess, and this was the dreaded third time. All the through. nerds know this. Third time through the lineup, yeah. that the nerds hear a third time through the lineup and they wet themselves. Right, they're yeah. so afraid of the third time through, through the lineup. Oh, and he had the first the first game he pitched as well. Same issue, third time through. And there was yeah, third time through last time. And there's this good article. On UtahStreetReport.com. I like that um, site. Yeah, by Riley Blake. I don't know if any, if it's any relation to friend of the show Ryan Blake, but this guy named Riley Blake wrote an article um, called "The Case for an Orioles Opener," where he addresses. And I don't know if you saw this, Josh, the other day for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays in back-to-back games, they had their setup man Sergio Romo who is their back end of the bullpen guy, Sergio Romo, start two games for Tampa back-to-back just to pitch to the uh, – j- just to pitch, I think it was against the uh, the Angels, I want to say, just to pitch to the first, you know, four or five guys in the lineup, four or five, six guys in the lineup, and and then go on about his business. Um, and the thinking is – and this is kind of an interesting way to, way to view it – the top of the order, first time through the lineup, that has a lot of their best – hitters at the top of the lineup you can do the righty lefty matchup and pull that that bullpen guy up it also gets you through that lineup one time the hard lineup one time right and then after that you can bring your starters that might be an interesting thing to do with with uh, david hess to bring in let's say darren o'day or michael Givens, pitch well, to the top of the order uh, O'Day still one hurt. time one time through the order or just two innings one time through the top of the order then bring in david hess and so he hits them. The fifth inning is still going to be his second time through the lineup, and yeah. he can go seven innings and then pull. Is that? It's just kind of an interesting it's, idea. It's, it's interesting. We talked a lot during the off season about piggybacking and about uh, forgetting requiring wanting starters to go six, seven innings, but instead choosing two guys and you're going to pitch the first three, you're going to pick the second three, and leave them in if they're hot. But plan on piggybacking. This is a similar thing with that, but I I don't mind the whole. First in, and you always talk about we we have this conversation a lot with closers, and baseball has shifted to this way where you're bringing in your best pitcher at the ninth inning when you when you only need like three outs left, even if it's the bottom part of the lineup. When maybe that closure would have been more valuable in the eighth, when, exactly when you could have gotten the bigger hitters. So and if he I, starts the game, he it guarantees he plays he pitches against all their best hitters. Right, right exactly. And that's what I was going with. If you bring them in in the first inning, that sets a tone for the game. And how many times have we seen, especially against the oh, Orioles, where I don't that know how to, first in falls apart, and then it, it it sets the tone for the whole game? I don't know how to use the computer or look up stats, but there's this stat. I don't know what it is off the top of my head because I don't know how to use. I tried to find it, but I don't know. Like Google machine, uh, run differential in the first inning. That was trying to find. I Google machined it, run differential in the first inning, and I couldn't really find the results I wanted, so I stopped looking after two minutes. But like our run differential in the first inning is so atrocious that I think this actually is an intriguing idea because I'm tired of getting beat. I'm tired of going second inning down 3 nothing every game. I'm tired of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's no good, and it does. You're right. It seems like 
the uh, the I know the Orioles run differential for the all nine innings is minus sixty eight, which is twenty seventh in baseball. But I guarantee it in the first inning they're like the worst. Yeah, they gotta be. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they are. So that I mean and. And I'm not Buck. I feel like is. I mean, we're talking to a guy, Buck Showalter, who would not to the guy having the best season career, arguably of any closure in the history of baseball, would right. not pitch him until the Orioles were winning. Uh, we're talking in, in in a playoff game. We're talking about that guy. So I don't see that happening with Buck Showalter. But I think it's a very intriguing idea that they should explore doing that, especially with David Hess. I agree, and uh, Buck Showalter will never do it simply because we've seen him do the same thing that you were just referencing where he left Zach Britton in. He did this, he's done the same thing this year multiple times when it's tied in extra innings and he's bringing in Pedro Aroja, which makes no sense because he's saving a better pitcher for when they get the lead. Yeah, he, he, he's a pitcher. I, 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 I'll, 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 I'll put like that, that Pe- Pedro is a pitcher that you should throw at the same time that fans can do the wave. If the fans can do the wave... <laughs> He can pitch, okay. And you mean because if, if I, I would I, if I would approve of the wave, so if when Josh what, would approve of the wave, I always approve. I think the wave is acceptable anytime. But if Josh would approve of the wave, then se- Pedro can right. pitch. Seven run differential either way. Yeah, then Pedro can pitch. Yes. Yeah, but this coming in on a tie game in the eighth inning. Uh, no, stop that nonsense. Come on, Buck, you're better than that. Ah, is Buck better than that? I used to think Buck was better than that. Um. Are you frustrated with Buck yet? Has uh, I'll answer that question this way: Has he sent David Hess down yet? Do Do we know that? This is a serious question. Has David Hess been sent to Norfolk yet? Um, I don't know. Because if they if they sent, I'm sick of this. That's what I'm sick of. The, you have a good young pitcher, and I don't know if David Hess is good. He's young. I don't know if he's good yet. But you have a potentially a potential good young pitcher on your hands in David Hess. Definitely good. Potentially good. Definitely young, potentially good. And and why you would yo-yo him like you did for years to Kevin Gossman. I mean, just keep him there as your everyday fifth starter. Don't send him Norfolk and back. I don't care about the bullpen and, and the whole, whole bench game and saving your arms. Oh, my gosh. Chill out for one minute about saving everybody's arms. Uh, and, and at the cost of screwing up a young potential starting pitcher. Fine. Screw up someone. So screw up a bullpen arm, so we can actually, I don't know, groom this young pitcher to actually be someone good. I'm tired of the way they yo-yo these young pitchers around. I'm sick of it. I always thought that even a guy last year who I thought was pretty good, a lefty. Man, I'm bad on names tonight. Who was that lefty? Was caught up for a couple games and sent down. Um, had a great game against a National League team. Starting pitcher. Um. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, I gotta I look it know. up. I don't know, but but uh, yeah, but like yeah, but don't yo-yo David Hess around. Let's stop this now. It doesn't look like they are doing that with David Hess right now. Okay. He is scheduled to start in Tampa on Friday. Okay, so they That's are good. keeping him around. I think everyone knows that David Hess was not the reason for the loss in Boston yesterday. The Orioles got thirteen hits and couldn't get a single run out of it. Yeah. This well, offense has a problem. The guy I was thinking of was Jason Aquino. There's the guy. Like, I, yes. I, I mean, I, I just want these young pitchers to have not just one spot start sent down. And even if you're doing it to call him right back up, like they did this last time with David Hess, like, stop it. Like, what are you doing? Yes. Making him go to Norfolk, ride the bus. Like, and even if it's not, like, have some confidence in your young pitcher saying, hey, listen, 
We like you. We're going to give you a month worth of starts. You're going to be here. You're on the major league team. You're getting this $100 stipend. Go eat at nice restaurants. Stay at the nice hotels. Get ready to pitch every fifth day. And let's do it like this. This yo-yoing of the pitchers, I think, is I'm kind of annoyed with that anymore. The, right. the way – it's not just that. It's the whole bullpen thing. And I know it's not Buck's fault. It's our starting pitcher's fault who can't get past the third inning. But, I mean, come on. The, 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 the way that Buck – Treats these bullpen arms. I'm getting a little bit annoyed and frustrated uh, with how much he babies sometimes these bullpen arms, uh, and, and because he's he's saving them for August. Awesome. When we're down by uh, when we're back by a hundred games in the AL East, we'll have fresh arms in August. So that's great. Yeah, um, yeah. The yo-yo in the yo-yo is tough because you want to think that like you think you put yourself in that minor league pitcher, and it's like I want to pitch well enough that I get called to the big leagues. And then I get called to the big leagues, and I pitch well enough to stick around. But it doesn't matter what you play, how well you do in the big leagues with this yo-yoing. Yeah, and it becomes, and I get it becomes a numbers game, but it still sucks for that player, right? Like there was a shot of David Hess after his first start back in the locker room with all his family and parents, and like what a great moment after having a great start, right? And then <laughs> the next day he is sent to Norfolk. Yeah, what? I mean. But you kind of, yeah. But you kind of gotta understand that one a little bit because that was he was brought up for a doubleheader. He was the twenty six man. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. You, we understand it. it. It just sucks for the it's minor just, It sucks for that guy, and it, right. and I, I don't think it helps with the development of these young pitchers. Right. Or yeah, but at least, like you're saying, at least don't send them back down. You can send them back on paperwork or whatever. But I don't know. Like I don't know if the rule says he has to report back to the team. Or tell them, send them down to Bowie, but actually keep them in Baltimore with the big league team, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what the rules are against that, but I'm sure, like, he doesn't. I, I bet there's rules against staying in the same hotel or something, or the stipend pay, or I'm sure it's a, a pay cut and stuff for that week. Know. I don't know how all that works. Let, let him bunk with Chris Davis. It can be Chris Davis's punishment. Yeah. No, Chris Davis should sleep alone, please. Don't, don't, don't want anyone catching that. That bad juju rub off on that on anyone else. Right. So, I, Josh, I we it's too late. We we have kind of a, a powerhouse matchup tonight, and for the next couple of days here, the next few days, yeah, we have the White Sox going against uh, going against the Orioles. Yeah, it's the Orioles. Little, that's the, that's the team we play. Um, yeah, yeah. Just a little a little update on the on the standings here. The Orioles. <laughs> Amazingly, the Orioles are 17 and a half games back. Isn't that unbelievable? It's, it's May. It's so sad. And we're 17 and a half. That's incredible. That's it's literally incredible. In May, a team can be 17 and a half games back. It's mind blowing. Anyway, but we're 1432, which puts puts us puts us essentially tied with the White Sox, who are 13 and 30. Um, the only difference is the White Sox are rebuilding mode actually trying to lose <laughs> they're tanking and we're trying to win and we still have the same record but i mean this is the two worst records uh in baseball along with the kansas city royals so i guess we're the three worst teams right. in baseball right um so we're gonna see who could who can be worse yeah my, my twitter today was we're gonna find out tonight if it's possible for two teams to lose a baseball game yeah if uh, anyone if any two teams could do it you're looking at him. Yeah, there's one good guy on the on this baseball field today, and that's Manny Machado, who hit a home run. There's one run on the board, and it's Manny Machado's home run as we're as we're uh, recording the podcast, which makes sense. He's the only guy who could possibly score. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Abreu is good for the White Sox. He's been hot lately. Mancada, Mancada is, you know, he was that highly touted prospect who came from the Red Sox in that Chris Sale deal. Davidson, their third baseman, I I saw he was playing DH today. Uh, I feel like he always hits like three home runs a game against the Orioles. I don't know if that's just uh, because he had one good game. You also get to watch in the White Sox, Josh. I don't know why you diminish this guy. But their their catcher is pretty good too, beef. Uh Yeah. Yeah, Monte you, Castillo is uh, is the catcher he, for the White Sox. Yeah, he's better than our catcher. Yeah, I would rather have beef right now as our starting catcher. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, so so this White Sox series, uh, if we lose this series, it's just like another. I don't know if you can get any lower, but it's just another reality that says, "Hey, we really suck." But I, I mean. I don't see us losing the series. I find it funny that we've already played Boston two times at Fenway. Like that right. kind of screws us over. It's nice that the White Sox get to play in the same division as I mean, if you look at the AL Central, the Royals are tanking, the White Sox are tanking, the Detroit Tigers are tanking. It must be nice. Yeah. Meanwhile, we play in the division that has the two best teams in baseball in the Yankees and Red Sox. And we haven't hosted them yet. We've gone there. Yeah, and we've only gone there yet. They have, we haven't hosted us. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not saying we got screwed over, and that's why our record is what it is. Our record is what it is because we suck. Right. But, it but yeah. the, the fact that the White Sox have this bad of a record playing in their division is even more embarrassing. I mean, we are – I, I, I know people like to hate on the Orioles with good reason. We're better than the White Sox. We are. And so I imagine we'll take this series. I, I, I'm hoping for a sweep. Because, um, yeah, I'm still rooting for the Orioles. I haven't gone over to the Bowie Bay Sox train like Josh has. I'm still rooting for the and Orioles. That, and that, that scares me slightly because this is the week before Memorial Day. And we have four games. This is a four-game series, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know the schedule. We, is it? We've got four games against the White Sox and three games against Tampa. Like, the team mm-hmm. the team could start to hit the ball a little bit and win seven straight. And then we got Dan Duquette there on Monday saying, this team's starting to hit, find its stride. We're gonna ride we, this we, thing out. Yeah, we uh, we played a lot of away games, tough schedule. Right, <laughs> no. Exactly, you can totally see it, can't you? And that's what scares I, me a little bit about this week. No, I can't. Because even if we win, like let's say we get hot and like do something insane, like win the next seven games, that still puts us eleven games under five hundred. <laughs> that's if everyone else loses. Us. That's if everyone else ahead of you loses too. Well, no, I'm saying for our record. Oh, okay. Our own oh, individual oh, okay. record. And we're still going to be about 15 games out right. of first place. Right. So there's no argument to be made in any world, no matter what we do between here and Memorial Day. There's literally no scenario in which you know the world is all of a sudden are competitive. Right. There's no scenario. You know what I'll no believe? Scenario. I'll, I'll believe. Yeah. I'll believe 14. If you get me 14 straight, I'll believe. If you take this week and next week when you have the Nationals and the Yankees, then I'll get. Then yeah. I'll believe. Is that who comes next? Yeah. So, yeah, so we, get all excited now with the White Sox and then Tampa and then Hello Yankees and Nationals. <laughs> yeah, um, we host the Nationals and the Yankees three games and four games, and uh, and then we go up to the Mets. And I think I'm going. To, I'm thinking that's going to be my uh, road trip this year. I'm going to go up to City Field and see the Orioles at the Mets. Okay. June fifth and sixth. It looks like my I have my work schedule that's lining up that I have to go to New York in early June, and I think I can make it work for that series, which will be pretty cool. Okay, that'll be a new stadium for you, right? Yeah, yeah. National League Park. Uh, hopefully, we see some home runs. So they raise the big. Don't they raise the big apple when a Mets player hits a home run? And they, yeah, and yeah. I think there's an and apple they're playing the ones. Orioles, so I'll see a bunch of that. Well, I don't know. The Mets don't have much of an offense. It could could get ugly. True. True. 
Hey, live update. I just got a message from the zany one, Burt Rohde. Is out of lockdown? Yeah, he said the wife and the kid just got home. That's cra- That's a crazy day. 9.39. How many, 9.30 at night. How many teachers are calling out sick tomorrow? I don't know. I feel like I want to do a live interview with our sister, Laura, like right now on the podcast just to get <laughs> Well, Bert, Bert knows how to hop on if he wants to. Yeah. He can Bert, if it. you're watching, put, put your wife on here. Talk about what it is to be locked in a room with a bunch of fifth graders yeah. for for five hours after school. <laughs> What's worse, that or watching the Orioles? Well, it's, it's close. It's close. How would you have liked to have been at Fenway yesterday and have to watch that game? Oh, my gosh. I'll hey. pass on that. Hey, another home run, Mark Trumbo. As another Oriole who's doing pretty good hits one home run. Okay, so no maybe Josh, you were too dismissive of this team. Uh huh. Another solo shot with no one on base. So, yeah, well, that's better than it was a little bizarre yesterday, right on Sunday, where we got what was it, thirteen hits? Is that the number thirteen hits and no yeah. runs? Yep. Let's just go bizarre. Yeah, thirteen hits this and team, no runs. This team hits too many singles. We don't have enough home runs. We got too many singles right. hitters. Hey, uh, in the chat room, Nancy Barry brought this up. And I don't know a whole lot of the details, so I was waiting for a couple more weeks as we figure it out. But Nancy Berry mentioned, congratulations on making it in Baltimore Magazine, The Newcomer's Guide. So I don't really know what that means and what The Newcomer's Guide is, but what I do know is that we got a picture sent to us that uh, Baltimore Magazine had a little write-up about us in the June issue. I haven't gotten a copy myself yet, but in the June, they wrote, if you remember, they wrote about Section 336 a couple years ago. And uh, spoke positive about us. And this month in June's uh, Baltimore Magazine, they describe us as finally a sports show that isn't all stats or yelling. Listening to these guys feels more like catching a game at the bar with your buddies than sitting through the second hour of first take. So I like that. They compliment us and they bash first take at the same time. I don't know. I don't know about that. And I'm interested to see the full context of the article. First yeah. of all, there's some wizardry. That's how you can get a magazine that comes out in June and in May. It sounds, that sounds like some witchcraft going on there, but whatever, I'll let that go. The, but the idea of like, these guys really don't know much about stats or anything. Right. Like it's, right. it's little backhand to say like, these guys really don't know what they're talking about. Right. And they're not, but exactly. they're still pretty entertaining. Like, like a couple of drunk guys at a bar rambling on. And and they're not yelling. Like, all right. I feel I feel like we yell yeah, a lot. Yeah, they're not, yeah. Well, I'll say this, and I honestly, I've never I honestly I can say this with hundred percent honesty, I've never watched first take. I don't I've never seen it. Uh, I understand it involves um Skip Bayless, right? And other people thought, like hot takes, but I I've never first, seen I thought first, first take, take is the is the new name for cold pizza. It's like their morning ESPN2 show, right? No, Yeah, yeah, but I think this is a segment within that or something. And then it became oh, its own show. All right, that's fine. Last, but last but time, anyway, no, no, it last, involves... Last time they compared us to a sports show I never heard of, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it involves Stephen A. I always think of like Stephen A. Smith yelling at Skip Bayless back and forth about how Tim Tebow is the greatest quarterback ever or whatever. Oh, that sounds but annoying. I I always thought... I always thought our show, and this is this is going to be a comparison like Josh likes to make, like comparing um, Austin Hayes to Michael Jordan or some insane comparison that Josh makes sometimes. I, but I, I think the comparison, and this is a show that made me fall in love with sports talk, as it did for millions of others in my generation, and and that's the 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 part in the interruption, uh, the PTI show, 
And the reason I say I think that's more appropriate for us is because what part of the, how, how that show started with, with Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser is they both worked at the Washington Post and they would just kind of have these discussions about sports, the Washington Post. And after a while, people are like, this is really kind of entertaining. And then somehow that kind of morphed into this television show with both of right. them who were lifelong friends and lifelong coworkers who were just kind of doing what they would always do. But now let's put some cameras in front of it. Get, get, let's put some graphics and a countdown and give you guys some topics. Uh, and then kind of just let you go at it like you always do at work anyway. And that's kind yeah. of what this show is. Like we would be having these same conversations anyway. Well, let's just throw the mics on and let's have these conversations in a, yeah, on a podcast. Exactly. Kind of and it's, that's just like the other comparison we get regularly is the sports junkies in D.C., which is the same thing. A bunch of childhood friends that grew up and they're still talking sports together. Uh, just now they're doing it in microphones. So, yes, but uh, thanks, Baltimore Magazine. We'll uh, somehow we'll, yeah. find, get a, we'll get a June episode uh, issue probably when June comes out and we'll see uh, what you're listing us for. Yeah, and I'm going to hold off thanking Baltimore Magazine. Yeah. To, to, I need to read more. We, we I don't know if that's, a, if that's a list of shows to avoid. Yeah, like this could be a real, it could have been a real negative headline. But All we'll have to I wait. know is that uh, whatever. Uh, uh, now, I'm, now I lost the post, but all I know is what is Nancy Berry saying, the newcomer's guide. So apparently we're what newcomers should listen to or something. Well, I don't know. Well, I, and, and I'll steal the line of uh, that I read earlier in the show, the, the, the Manny Ma, 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 Machado line. Always, when your name is being talked about, <laughs> it's always go. great. So that's exactly. going to be with Section 36. When your name is being talked about, it's always great. When your name is being so, talked about, it's always great. All right, we'll I don't care what the article says. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's we, we used to be four, used to be four fans, five fans. Now we're whenever your name's talked about, it's great. Yeah, yeah. that's our motto. Yeah, yeah. we'll get the, we'll get the, we'll get it uh, printed up. It's going on T-shirts. Yeah, or at least brown paper bags. Yeah, something, some, some, something to get us through these hard times. These hard times. But it's all right. It's all right, boys and girls, because you know what, Oral fans? We'll be with you every step of the way. Once a week, Monday nights, 7.30-ish, we'll be, we'll be around sharing your misery with you. We're go- you are not alone, Baltimore Oral fans. You are not alone. We are in this together. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun the first five years. Now we get to the, uh, you know, it's like, a, it's like a marriage. At first it's fun. Now you got to get into the hardship, and we got to go through these hard years together. Can you hear the music? This, this is a sign. Did you hear me? Did you, did you see me skip? Yeah. Is that me? That's you. Yeah. That's me. All right. We got we to get out of here. Yeah. Your internet's crapping out. So it's a good time to close up. Yeah. We're closing up the shop. All right, boys and girls. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, go ahead and write us more kind words. We never forget when you say something nice about us. As Josh evidenced by remembering what Barber Magazine wrote us about 10 years ago. We really don't remember. I, that's been on our website what for a long time. Yeah, we never, really never forget if you say anything bad about it. Like that slippery snake. I see snake. you. I see you, slippery snake. I see you. So make sure you go on to iTunes, write us a positive note, and give us those five stars. Help spread the word of Section 26. Check out Ghost Runners. Check out Josh's new pod, Ghost Runners. Just search Ghost Runners on iTunes and it'll pop up, I'm sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336 for all the Ghost Pod updates. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Taroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.
Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.